Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Joseph, glad you're back. Big show. You know, we, we did Distraction Evolution last week. It was well-received and everything. You're back. We are back. We are back together. I'm excited. Very excited. I'm so excited, man. I'm waiting for so long. I couldn't even log off Twitter. The anticipation was so much. So much has happened. You know, but the last time we did the Distraction, it was in a pre-Danielson versus Kingston world, which is a world I'd never want to live in again. I, you know, we're in a different place now, but... um. I was wondering, and I know I'm leaving a little bit close to show to me. Do you have any like big plans for tonight for my big, you know, big comeback show? So, so what I'm thinking is, we, you know, we hype you, we hype the return, we're back and everything, and then O'Neill comes out. Why? Heat, heat, brother. But like, so we're gonna advertise me, yeah. get people all excited, and then we're gonna just completely go against those expectations to upset people. Yeah, for heat. But why don't we, like, why don't we give the people what they want? Why don't we like make them happy to watch the show? You know, rather than making them angry. Doesn't get heat. So you're going to tell me that we're going to make people wait all of this time, a whole two weeks to see me on the distraction. <clears throat> we're going to build it up. We're going to sell out a whole arena, and you're going to send out Bob O'Neill for heat. Exactly. And fuck Bob O'Neill. And I said. This was for our pals and O'Neill. Starts a feed from the jaws of victory with a point gun and a chubby cheese. Distraction. Hey! Podcast. You will fill. Wins and losses. Don't be shit. So watch Joseph Grinch as I do his bit. Distraction. Hey! Roll up. All right, what's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to the distraction. I'm Robert O'Neill. I'm running the show today. Um, we're gonna get into AEW full gear that's coming up this weekend. We're gonna preview that. Uh, we're gonna get into the WWE Survivor Series teams. That's something that everyone's really been waiting to talk about. Um, we're gonna talk about the Eastern Conference leading Chicago Bulls. Uh, but yeah, no, we can just get right into it here. Um, you know, I think, uh, Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined by Joseph Holbert. Joseph, 
are you, buddy? I'm loving that the chat give actual heat for that and was just <laughs> typing boo and stuff like that. That's a good start. Bob did, Bob's good at intros and outros. He I've did. learned that. He was tremendous. Yeah. He does a good job. But, you know, this is a – this it does actually – like, so for those who don't know, we did a show last night. I hope to know with Jeremy and Drew and we talked some dynamite and stuff. But it really – because we do so many shows usually – this legitimately feels like we haven't done a show in years, which is, yeah. I mean, it's very telling as to what our schedule was beforehand. But, yeah, man, this is going to be fun. Um, it's a pretty eventful week for Mike and Gather. I hear the NWA has officially died as in the last <laughs> hour here. Tony Khan just kicked them in the nuts. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I hear. So, now, there's a lot to talk about, though. I mean, this is, Jeremy, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but this could be in terms of, like, the balance between commercial success and critical kind of hype within the game. This could be the biggest event of the year, brother. This is a big one. This is a huge event this Saturday. So there you go. I don't know. I mean, I could be completely wrong. It's not going to have the surprise factor that All Out does. But from start to finish, in ring-wise, and the moments Mm -hmm. that we could potentially get that they've been building, like Cole coming out, Danielson coming out, Ruby, like those were all great surprise factor moments. But – the moments that they've been building, legitimately one of them for since the start of the company, yeah. going to be something special. Yeah, it's an incredible mix of a kind of like dream matches, star power. Um, it's everything they've been, you know, I think obviously the main event match is literally that. But like in terms of the roster and where they're at now, this is everything they've been working towards for the last two years and, and change, right? So it's a big one, man. I, and I'm, I'm super fired up to see like, how they map this thing out because that is going to be a challenge when you've got that many matches that the people are going to be into keeping everyone, you know, position it correctly and keeping things fresh. It's going to be a, a fun thing to watch play out. I'll let it play out. Of course I do that with the all elite fleet, but I'm just excited. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we have a, so Joseph, you, you might have missed this when you were gone. <clears throat> I missed this and I was here. Something called Humper chats. Now this is of course a, a Sean Ross app thing. Uh, if you you click the link that's pinned to the top of the chat, you can go there and donate, and and that is how we at, we could actually make money. Joseph, isn't that a it's weird concept? So you're telling me that after two years of doing this podcast, <laughs> in order to get money from these great people that watch our show, I have to actually advertise something called a humper chat. Yeah, I, I don't feel like <laughs> I feel I'm cool. <laughs> JJ sends on, says hello to my favorite big stars. Welcome back from vacation. Hope you're doing well. I'm full gearing up for a big victory lap dynamite. It was awesome. Thanks for all the hard work and much love to you all. Get the the link is there at the top. You can go there, send your humper chats. I feel so weird saying that. What happened to this show, man? What happened to this platform? What have we become, Jeremy? (laughs) They gave us us a channel, and I was like, well, fuck, we can't go any more downhill than here. So. I mean, I agree with that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, you just want to run down the full gear card, start at the top, and should we? So, Dynamite was kind of interesting last night, and it wasn't like a formulaic go home show, which I mean, of course, it wasn't, but it was especially kind of out there, I thought. So, maybe we should do that, and then we can kind of lock in, I guess, is what we can do, right? Well, I wanted to, I wanted to start kind of where Dynamite ended, and it'll lead us okay. to what I think is the, the biggest topic of full gear and that is hangman page and kenny omega and the closing angle was that contract signing like you said usually it wasn't formula usually dynamite closes with a with a match maybe they do some type of deal after the match but 
typically it, it, it's a wrestling match. This was an actual angle to close the show. One of the rare times they've yeah. done that. And I saw a lot of people, I don't know if you were around for it, Joseph. We discussed this on the, the Monday show, but I saw a lot of people who were like, oh, then things have cooled down between Kenny and Hangman over the past yeah. couple of weeks. Well, I think like, we had the cowboy shit promo in the past couple of weeks. We had the 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 reveal for the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And I get that that like, you know, it, it was some goofy stuff, but like that reveal got a huge pop and everything over the past couple of weeks. Like, I didn't feel like it cooled down at all. And like, it's a two year story. I, I thought they were going to knock it out of the park in this contract signing. I thought they did a great job with the time they had. I don't know if things got cut, um, maybe a little rushed, but I mm-hmm. thought at the time they had, both men explained their position very well. And then the the Don Callis reveal at the end, because that's always been Kenny's like ace up the sleeve. That's how he got the title, right? Because he had Callis there. Absolutely. People thought people forgot about Callis. He returned, and it's like, oh yeah, this this dickhead is still here. I thought I thought they killed it with this angle. I agree. I think the whole thing about calling down, I think it's it's really just a case of with the way that circumstances unfolded with the summer, where it was like red hot. You know, I just think it's more a case of the audience. And I mean this in the most loving way because it's just it is what it is. You can't avoid it. The audience is just kind of waiting for Hangman to be champion now. And you're at a point where after he had to fall short in the 10 man in order to go away and do, you know, what he had to do. Um, you're at a point now where you don't want to re-hit the story bit of him falling again. So what last night's segment did so well was the point of that segment very much was Kenny's not getting in Hangman's head anymore. <laughs> He's got it figured out. He's going to win this thing. And you used Callis as a way to get heat without making, you know, without making Hangman kind of fall back again. I think it's, I think it's as hot as it needs to be. It's just a case of like you can't avoid, you know, when it when it was like reaching its natural conclusion, they had to take a quick diversion. We're back there now. I, I think my only concern about this whole thing, and I like, I think the match is going to be great because I, can, I trust Kenny Omega in this situation more than any wrestler in the world. He's not going to miss. No. And Hangman's obviously a great dance partner, but I I have a little tiny concern about the audience still being energetic enough after three and a half hours. Other than that, I think they've they've killed it. I used to, it's a home run. Um, I loved the two biggest matches on the card for my money anyway. One is a two year arc, and the other one is a two week angle. I love that. That's, to me, that's PKW, and it's, it's all over the place. But no, I think they nailed it. I, I agree with you completely. That that thing had like when the microphones were picked up, that segment had like four or five minutes. Yeah. Kenny did a real because like, I think Hangman's a good pro and he got a great one a few weeks ago. So I wasn't Kenny, I thought, really locked in and was pretty serious and, and you know did a great job with that. So I liked it a lot on the Callis review. I'm mean, blessed, man. Dude had a fake beard under a mask. God bless. <laughs> I actually was I I was ahead of the game on that one. Like I was watching my brother and I was like, that's Callis. And I was like, no, it is. No, it's not. And then it, it was him. I, I popped myself for that. So I wanted to put, give myself a pat on the back. But um, no, I, I'm excited. But I will say, like, we did the opening bit about heat and stuff. Like, it isn't even that much of an interesting topic at this point because I mean, we both just, like, imagine not having Hangman win, right? There's just no way. Yeah. You can't – it's it's a formality. And I don't mean that in a negative way because when the match is underway and he hits – Kenny hits the one-winged angel, we're all going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> That's the beauty of pro wrestling. But as a topic, you've done the, you've done the job, man. You just need to just finish it off now on Saturday. So this is this is another talking point of we all suspect Kenny's going to hit the one wing angel. Hangman mm-hmm. should be the guy to kick out. Like this is the moment yeah. you finally do the kick out of that because you're right when he hits that thing 
everyone's gonna be like, oh shit, like they're not actually going to crown Hangman. And exactly. then when he kicks out, like that pop might be bigger than the winning pop. Yeah. Uh, when it when it's all said and done, because that is going to be a monumental pop. Yeah, and it's it's going to be a matter of taking every doubt that's in the audience's mind right at the back there and bringing it to the forefront. And, and Omega is a master of in-ring drama and all, you know, it's going to be, it'll be epic. I have no doubt about that. I'm really interested to see the match times for, for our Saturday. Like I'm fascinated to see which matches have to kind of fall back a little bit and go that 12 to 15 range. Um, that one you got to believe is going, you know, 25 and up, right? You got to think Hangman and Kenny. What they what they do last year? I'll look it up right fast. Oh, that was like a sprint last year, man. They got like 16, 17. And they just I know it sounds right. silly a sprint, but it was they just did like moves. It was it was awesome, but it was a very different match. Yeah, you're you're right because I do remember because I thought last year was going to be this like long sort of epic match and it went short and I remember loving it. I do think this great. one will be will be longer, which means other stuff is gonna have to be cut at some point. Um because they had a lot of matches on this card. I think it's 10 and then they, you know, they added the the Cody match last night. So there's going to be some shorter stuff. And unlike all out where you knew that the, the Paul white QT Marshall mm-hmm. match was going to be like a two minute thing. I, I'm looking at this card and I'm like, I don't know what's going to go like eight right. minutes here. <laughs> well, I could be wrong on this. I think the wrestling stopped at around three forty-five last time. Because they had the angle to shoot afterwards, right? Right. So I, I think you'll be interesting. I think you know the, there is definitely a uh, there's definitely some matches that could work well as a as a twelve minute kind of you know all out back and forth match. I I think it's a great headache to have in that they have so much damn star power on this thing. Like the Cody tag match should be like an eight minute just complete yeah. bomb fit. Like just by all of the coolest moves those guys can do, and Cody should blade. <laughs> but yeah, it's no, like a pay per view off. He's got to he's got to make up for that lost pay per view. I'm fired up, man. Hangman, this is someone said it, and like we're well, not someone. Everyone said it. It's the easiest comparison, but it's the right one. It's Starcade '97, right? I just don't fuck it up, Nick yeah. Patrick. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be special when when Hangman wins this title. Like th- this arc is something else. Dude, I don't know if you if you read it and. You didn't, I understand. But AEW's website posted like the step by step of Hangman Page in, in Kenny Omega, AEW, Bullet Club, all that stuff. It, it clocks in. It says, you know, uh, nowadays on website, is, it tells you how long it takes to like read something. So it's a 19 minute read. <laughs> like it, yeah. it's not a short thing, but it's got it's got videos that accompany it and everything. Like if you were. If you think you missed something on this feud or you just want to recall everything with this feud, because it is a lot, uh, right. go, go to AEW's website. But the fact that like they posted something like this, like they know. Yeah, Everyone it's knows. time. It's yeah. time. And, you know, I think it's really interesting that in a lot of ways this feud is kind of an encapsulation of everything that AEW has become because you have a feud and a story that basically it can work on the most surface level fashion you want, right? It's the story of a guy trying to win the big one. It's wrestling's oldest tale. There's nothing new to that. If you've watched this AEW start, though, there's a lot more emotional weight to it because the first, sorry, the second pay-per-view, the first title match, Hangman fell short. 
if you're really deep in though, and you watch being the elite in 2017, 2018, which I, I can't say I did, you have even more appreciation for it. And AEW has become really, really great at telling stories that can work for someone that just watches Dynamite, but they work on an even grander level for someone that's truly followed these characters through the promotions for the last five years. They're really good at that, man. Really good. And um, I think this is definitely a case of that. Like, I'm somewhere in the middle where Hangman's one of my favorite wrestlers, so I'm absolutely invested. But it's really fun for me when they do, like, Easter eggs that call back to stuff that I wasn't even watching. Because that's, you know, that's how you keep the hardcore fan kind of paying attention and stuff. So, yeah, it's been it's been a complete triumph. I really have no doubt they're going to they're gonna nail it. I, I think, you know, it's inevitable. I'm just intrigued to see how much Kenny makes me just terrified during the 20 to 30 minute range of that match when, he, when he's hitting 18 V-triggers and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> You know, but it's it's a matter of time, brother. It's gonna be great. Uh, Van Twin Blade says the Cubs suck, and Rob Reed says I think Hangman alluding to Ibushi is further foreshadowing him kicking out of the one wing angle angel as Coda is the last person to ever kick out of it. I, I think he's kicking out of it. Yeah, they do. They've done a very good job of, especially uh, in, in the bigger matches of hey, this guy's never kicked out of, of this move. Like no one's kicked out of this mm-hmm. move, and so like when he hits it, and, and you know if. If Kenny's going to lose, he just doesn't hit the move. People fight out of it. Like the, the Christian match when he lost, he just, he just yeah. didn't hit it. It was just fought out of or countered in some way. I think this is the one where you let him hit it and, and you do the kick out. Don't 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 have Hangman fight out of it. Um, just let him take it and then do the kick out. Because, again, I think that pop is going to be huge because everyone, even though the vast majority of their audience believes Hangman's going to win, is like fairly confident – Hangman is going to win. This is the brilliant thing about pro wrestling and what AEW has been able to capture. When Kenny hits that move, there that doubt is yes. just going to be there. It's and hopefully, there. hopefully it's done in a way, and I'm sure it will be because obviously you can trust Omega to hit in this regard. Like, hopefully it's done in a way that's dramatic enough that people buy it as a finish. You know, where yeah. like maybe he's, it's a big counter and it's like people actually are like that would be a finish in any other circumstance with this one. That would then take it from 10 to 11. So it's, um, is it your pick for, if I said to you, Jeremy Lambert, you're going to predict the match of the night, consensus match of the night. Is this your pick? I don't think it is. Mm. I don't, like consensus? I don't know if I have a consensus match of the night, honestly. Yeah, I think hard. I know what you're going as the consensus match of the night. It's probably Second, maybe third. Wow. So, what do you think the match is going to be? I'm torn on the tag team match, assuming they get time. The the, the yeah. title match. So that's my. That's what you yeah. assume my pick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I assume that's your pick. And I I ain't doubting Brian Danielson. I just yeah. I ain't doubting <laughs> yeah. Brian Danielson. Yeah, that could be something, man. I mean, I think people forget, like the last pay per view, King and Miro had an absolute like yeah just. Crazy great opener. It was awesome that match. It, by the end of the show, it was like, you know, so much had happened, you could you could forget it. But Miro is um, I mean, he's just frankly way better than he gets any credit for. And that's from people that know he's good, but like he's selling. He's top five pro wrestling in terms of selling with with commitment and authenticity and believability. So you pair that with Brian. They established this dynamic where Brian's arm was getting worked last night by Rocky. Miro's obviously got the tape on the leg, which Brian got very excited about on commentary. Brother, I, I'm with you. I think that thing is going to be incredible. 
I also think that's going to open. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Which gives it a leg up in the sense that when the dust settles, they'll have had a fresh crowd and it's like, be, the time on that one is like, I think they only need like 15 minutes to have an absolutely tremendous pro wrestling match. Yeah. But there's so many options in terms of where you allocate that time. It's, it really is, um, it's an all-star lineup, man. It has to be the best non-WWE match card in America since like the mid-90s. It has to be, right? In terms of a mix of all of the factors you want on a professional wrestling card. I don't, is there anything that like comes close to it? Yeah, I don't know. Because because now that you've got Punk and Brian in the game, it's like you've got this star power too, man. Right. It's, yeah, you've got like the personal kind of, you know, again, you've got the big arc of Hangman and that story and the emotional I mean, investment. I- you've got a heated feud with King and Punk. It's just great pro wrestling stuff. I think you can add in the WWE stuff. And right. I, it's the reason probably I, beating the majority of those cards. The reason I refrain on that is because while I think it's objectively better built than, than those, those WWE WrestleMania cards that none of us liked, I mean, if you look at just the talent and give them to competent hands, I mean, you're talking about WrestleMania one year had Ray and Samoa Joe just got like two minutes just as a rib. I don't know what, like... You know, there's a lot, they have a lot of great pro wrestlers on their books the last decade, but I, I don't think you're wrong necessarily. Um, well, that, I, you know, that's what I'm looking at is like, okay, they did Ray and Samoa Joe, but was anybody actually excited? Oh, I think, no, I think, um, I, 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 I'm not a pay per view guy, you know that, but I think All Out was better than any pay per view I've seen, yeah. <laughs> let alone, you know, especially in America, because New Japan has their own like way of doing pay per views, it's very different, you know. Like, if you're at the halfway point of, like, Dominion and it's just been, like, steady, you're not surprised by that because you know that they back, you know, they they load all the title matches at the end. That's the way they format. It's different to American wrestling. Um, but in terms of US, I think all that's the best pay-per-view I've ever seen. Double or Nothing was great, too. People forget about the Double or the Nothing, Jeremy Lamb, but that show was crazy, man. Daily's Place being full again was awesome. So, yeah, my prediction is it we're the greatest pay-per-view of all time. <laughs> I think that was the conclusion I got to, right? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it'll. It can't have the moments all out had because no. that was just that was something one off. Yeah. yeah, and I'll have I'll have all out probably higher regardless, just because I was in the crowd for it, and we should have been in the crowd for this one. But Tony Khan's yeah. a coward. Coward. Uh, yeah. But yeah, as far as like, I told you going into all out, like I wasn't my anticipation for a lot of that stuff like wasn't yeah. super high. And, you know, it picked up the, the week of and everything. And I was anticipating Brian uh, being there. I was not anticipating Cole. So bye there bye. were certain things that I was looking forward to. This is just like strictly match quality and, and just build where I'm like, oh, man, they've done a really good that, job. Yes. Even if some of this stuff is not for me. And we'll, we can, we'll talk about that. But like overall, they've done a really good job building this card. It's their best build since Revolution 2020 before the pandemic. Which yeah. is when they really start. Remember when they really started clicking with like they were the TV really locked in. It's the best build they've done in some time. I know that much. It's felt like focused, which a lot we've been a critical of that, right? Yes. We have. Now one of the big things is Kenny's title match has been able to actually be the natural conclusion this time, which last time it couldn't be for certain. You know, we, we get why. And obviously uh, the double or nothing thing, we both were kind of like, eh, was we wasn't with that. It's, it's interesting, though, because I still think the the hottest or second hottest match was built up in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> last couple of weeks. So, you know, it's, it's, it's still a thing where you, know, you take advantage of how great the talent is. But I think on a whole, 
most of these matches have been built really well. There are some outliers. There are some exceptions to that rule. But, yeah, I think, um, I think it's going to be a blast. Okay, so this list, uh, should we go, should we continue full gear or should we circle back to Dynamite? What do you think we should do? Because there's a couple of things on Dynamite that I think are worth talking about. Things on Dynamite that don't have much bearing on full gear? Yeah, yeah. Okay, couple. let's talk about let's talk about that then. I just have to say, that tag match, Don A and Leo, Sidal Moriarty, brother, that was like a cruiserweight match on Nitro, where the people were kind of like, well, this will be fun. And then by the end of it, Leo won those people over so easily. Yeah. He's we- special, right? Leo Rush is, again, ceiling, we can debate it, but there's something special about that guy, and he's unique. He stands alone in a world where everyone can do cool moves. There's more to him than that. He has his own complete style. <laughs> it's, that match was awesome. He Leo just he moves different, right? Like there, I'm not sure there's anybody who just moves no. the the way he does. Like, forget all the athletic stuff and everything you can do. Like just just the the way he the angles he'll take, uh, the mm-hmm. the innovative stuff he'll do. Like he he's definitely different. Uh, in an era where a lot of guys do a lot of different stuff. Yeah, we talked about ceiling uh, on yesterday's show, and we both had him at, at like TNT title. And I think to defend both of us, this is not a knock on Leo Rush at all. This is a, this roster is absolutely stacked, and it's like, where does Leo Rush break through at some point to, to get any higher? Look, if they put the world title on him at some point, it'll be it'll be a full testament to him of, of getting over a lot of the people that he would have to get over. But at, I mean, after last night, it's like, yeah, sure, put the world title on him. But this this roster, it's so it's so deep that that's mm-hmm. why I think we both pegged him at TNT title. It's just like, okay, he has he has all the tools to be a world champion, but like, are you gonna jump him over Darby over Sammy? Yeah. Over MJF, like, are you jumping him over the, those pillar guys over Ricky? And then you think about the guys who are there now, like, you're going to jump him over over those guys. It's like it doesn't seem like he's at that level yet, and maybe he he, he never will be. But if he does, it ain't going to be surprising at all. He's really interesting in that the biggest challenge that is like you know exists with Leo, I find, is in ring. He is one of the most dynamic baby faces you'll ever see. He's actually like a comic book character. He's incredible. But as a character, he's clearly more compelling as a, as a heel, right? He's a great heel as a promo and stuff. That is his biggest challenge. But what makes him so interesting is, I just checked, he's, he turned 27 today, Jeremy. Yeah, I, know, I knew he I mean, wasn't old. Like, he signed with WWE when he was like 23 or something. And that's the thing. You have a guy here who has been visible on the national wrestling scene for like at least five, six years, I would say. And it's like he isn't peaked at all. He could still be a guy at the AEW kind of circle and say, we're going to actually get him to his, to his prime. Um, that's that's exciting. I, and then speaking of such, everyone knows Dante Martin. Listen, folks, if you need me to tell you that he's the future, I don't know what you've been watching for the last year. It's obvious. But Lee Moriarty is um, – good Lord. What, it's quite unique. That guy wrestles his – he moves his own way too, right? I mean, that sequence him and Dante did – just what a fun, like, to me, that's where AEW's at its best in ring is when you can tell it's just guys being able to express themselves and have fun and try stuff. That was basically three young guys pushing 
the envelope and, and trying, you know, trying their best to kind of expand and, and mess around with the with the whole genre. <laughs> and it just so happens they're in there with the best veteran they could possibly. And Sidow is like, he speaks for himself. His work's incredible. It was just, again, that's the best comparison I can do, man. It was it was like a cruiserweight match where it was like, man, these guys are doing stuff that will be influential for years to come. And and what's interesting about it is a lot of it is not. A lot of it isn't innovation in terms of the idea, it's the execution of it. Dante Martin does a sunset flip and it's like, oh my God, right? The height he gets on him. Incredible match. Now, I'll say, great match. Not my favorite match of the night. May not have been my second favorite match of the night because that show last night was loaded on him ring. Quick point, Jeremy, and we don't need to do too much on this because it was just a match, but Rocky Romero is so good. Yeah. And I think there's still people that didn't get that until last night. I hope last night was like the last the last straw for anyone that's still waiting out there, Rocky Romero take after 20 years. <laughs> He's incredible. That was such a nice little match. I love that match. And then, in addition, Dax and Pack, brother, you you know, you, you already know that thing was going to be killer, right? Dax Harwood's a bad, bad man. <laughs> Pack kicked was, the shit out of him. It was awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was killer in the Performance Center 10 years ago, Joseph. That's what uh, Xavier Woods had you to go. say about it. Yeah. It was great. It was stacked, man. The Emory on that show was incredible. That top rope... Brainbuster, oh man, just that deal made me mad because Jr. was like, I don't know who took the worst of that, and I was like, oh like, yeah, Dax landed on his head. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, listen, man, it's a credit to the show that you could argue for any of those three matches your favorite of the night. I'd be like, I'm cool with it. I liked the trios match with women. I liked Bowens and Jungle Boy. Obviously, Wardlow was an awesome squash, but like the five matches that were like of substance. They were all good. It was yeah. a really unconventional go-home show because the storytelling, other than the main event segment, the storytelling had mostly been done. They'd done their job. There's just this it was almost like TK flexing on the absolute depth of it, man. It was it you was know incredible. the real star of Dynamite was though last night. Eddie Kingston when he did that run. <laughs> did like, you see I gift that? No, but I, I don't I saw a lot of it. I didn't know it was your work, but it yeah. was uh, incredible. And the best thing was he did the run. It was funny, and then they did a long shot, and he was still miles away from Punk. It was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> the real star was was Matt Hardy on Twitter with his videos. Oh, yeah. bless that man! You have to say his name with reverence, Joseph. Brother, see, here's and I know it sounds like a bit with Matt Hardy stuff. If you're not into Matt Hardy, I get it because I've yeah. been there. Broken Matt stuff, I didn't like, but it is a great message to everyone involved in the promotion. Frankly, everyone involved in whatever they do. Here is Matt Hardy, okay? He has been in professional wrestling for 30 years, and he has been given this that he's going to sit in the crowd and then he's going to shoot an angle in about an hour, okay? He could very well have just sat there, got ready for his couple camera shots and shot the angle, and it'd been fine. That's, that was his job. That's what he's paid for. This lunatic sends, like, five videos <laughs> where he's screaming into his phone. And, like, to me, that's why Matt Hardy is still a thing. Yes. Because he's so committed to his role in professional wrestling, whatever that role may be. And look, I'm not saying Nero's Cassidy feud is winning feuded or anything. I no, think it it's, does, it's, it should have ended a long time ago. Yeah, it's very, very flawed. So like, I'm not yeah. I'm just saying that's why Matt Hardy will always have a place when, as long as he wants one. Because that yeah. dude doesn't he doesn't half swing, brother. <laughs> he's for the fences every time. He I mean, then videos, he started one of them with All How, which was dead. <laughs> incredible. The, the new thing of Say My Name with Reverence is an all-timer. Tremendous <laughs> stuff, man. 
He's fun. I think he's good TV. I, I don't need him wrestling very often, but frankly, he doesn't wrestle all that often, does he? No. As long as we get that 25-minute match with Okada, I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Were you disappointed that Okada wasn't there last night? No, I didn't. I didn't expect him to. I, I didn't either. Yeah. People, and this is the, the thing with AEW, is like people will really work themselves on this stuff. Just because Tony Khan said Okada's name and Ishii's name, they're like, oh, that means they're showing up. They're in America. They're coming to America for Saturday. They're definitely going to show up. On, and maybe they will over the next week or so. Mm-hmm. I did not. I didn't expect them last night. And a big reason was the focus had been on full gear. Yeah. And if you do Okada Ishii, if you do anything like that, you take the focus off of full gear, even slightly. And Tony was, he was never going to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, this is a scoop. I'm going to give it to you. Okay. I heard they had Okada booked and they went through Gado and they, you know, Rocky Romero was the kind of middleman there. And he was like, what do you think? You, you know, I'm not going to Dynamite. I said, why? He said, I'm spending the next three days watching Bud Matt footage, <laughs> front to back, watching every professional wrestling match Bud Matt has on film. And um, I don't want to break news like too aggressively here because you know, that's not my gig. I'll leave Sean to do that. But there's a lot of talk in the industry that he's terrified about what's going to happen on Saturday night because the word, the word among the boys is that you think Kenneth Omega hits hard, you ain't, you ain't been in there with Bud Matt in a, in a quiet building in America, brother, because that dude, he, he, he'll make some noise. So, yeah, I, I just want to put that out there. You can run that story, guys. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, let's run down full gear. We, we kind of talked about Danielson and Miro, but to, to circle back, we, I mean, Miro winning. It feels like Miro being involved is a clue that he's winning because it feels like the archetype they wanted was badass heel destroyer in John Moxley. And, you know, Miro is the like-for-like place. I mean, if, if Brian was winning the tournament anyway, I don't think you put Miro in, personally. Yeah. He's become a fascinating one because – and Eddie's like this too. And when they had a feud, they did their whole feud this way. It's like you've got all these guys you need to get on TV. And with Miro, you just go, okay, you got one minute pre-tape. That's all he needs. He needs one minute of TV time every week and he can wrestle once a month and he'll be cool. Um Miro's winning. Yeah, I think so. Now, when the Hangman match happens, Jeremy, is very interesting because it could be Battle of the Belts. That is, that's a while away, man. That's like yeah. seven weeks, you know? Yeah, I don't know if they're – I still think it's – I think the timeline is still going to be relatively the same with because yeah. I thought Moxley was going to get the match at Winter is Coming. I think Miro's going to get it at Winter is Coming. And then Miro's going to lose. He's going to punch God in the face. Oh, God bless. Could we get CJ this Saturday night in Minnesota? What do you think? I, I don't think so. I don't. Coward. Because I, I think, I kind of think like CJ <laughs> is the god. Oh, how? Like, oh. I think that's kind of what it is. Is like, that is the god. And so he needs to get knocked down again and bring her in as, as like, why have you done this to me type of thing. I listen. I that's legitimately where I think this is going. I think CJ is the god. That is who he okay. worships, Joseph. I know, but I just I'd be very careful about pitching that to CJ because I don't want it to take it too seriously from an acting perspective and like start method and <laughs> I could see it going poorly. No, no, I I think it could be um I I've always said this, like people are terrified of that stuff because of what it looked like on, on the other channel, Jeremy. But like 
if she's just with her husband, I think that could be a pop. I really yeah. do think it'd be fun. Now, what you just pitched is a little bit more scary. I'm going to be honest, that'll take some time <laughs> for me to adjust to. But I don't mind. I, I think, um, I, to be honest, the, the actual pop to me is her just being a character that you never see or meet. <laughs> Speaking of such, quickly, what do you think is going to happen with the Bobby Fish thing? Are we building to Undisputed Era versus the Elite? We're or is it a diversion? Bachelor Adam Cole, where they fight over this man's love. I can't. It could wait. be, man. I, I have to say, Bob Fish is like, he's so tremendous for angles like that, where he just comes across like just a horrible piece of shit, doesn't he? He's like standing there. He's doing the old wrestler thing where he's like running through his hands. He's nodding his head like he's going to beat someone up. He's tremendous, man. I thought we were going to get the Christian Cage match, though. I um, thought so, too, yeah. because we've seen – they've done this six-man, right? They did it at Arthur Ashe. Right, but, I mean, I thought we were going to get – that also, I think it's both we were supposed to, but they had you know that to tie in it because of the yeah. amount of matches. But I mean, I thought Friday we were going to get Christian and Bob Fish, oh, and then I thought right. about it, and I was like, well, it's the next night. Christian's you know probably not as well suited to wrestling that much as Jungle yeah, Boys. So. Jungle Boys, like that, yeah, fine. Um, yeah, when when Big Dick Bob Fish came in there, <laughs> the shit out. what's his name, Joseph? <laughs> he just uh, you know what put me was the WWE backstage skit where they, he was like. Let me introduce you to Bobby Fish. And Bobby was just standing right there. Like he, was just wait- he was just waiting the whole time. I was so glad that the Young Bucks wasn't like, oh, I've never met Bobby Fish. Because, of course, that's you know that's how it should be. But they, there's, they're like famed rivals. Red Dragon and the yeah. Young Bucks wrestled a lot of matches. Yes. So them being like, fuck this guy, that was good. It Which was, way it goes, I don't know. That would be interesting. It was a, a, a nice... Uh... You, you caught a WWE backstage scare. was like, hey, let me introduce you. He's just standing there. And then at the end, like, they all just, like, go separate ways. Yes, and they're like, yeah. where are we going? It's tremendous. Oh, it was done on purpose. They're yeah, complete, yeah, you know, 100%. It's, look, let's not get it twisted. That could be a complete one-off where Bobby wrestles Jungle Boy and loses, and all Tony Khan wanted to do was get this picture of those two on screen with each other. It could be. Mm-hmm. That was basically Tony getting his dick out on TNT and being like, here we are, Undisputed Era, huh? He... He knows Kyle's coming in December. But you can do – look, here's the thing. You can put Kyle back with Bobby without linking them full-time to Kyle, you know? Yeah. Like, Kyle, I've always said, we've both agreed all along, that you sign Bobby knowing full well, we've got Kyle coming, we've got a top team on its way. Yeah. I'm just saying the link with Kyle could not be a big deal at all. It could just be like Tony Khan popping himself. Like when he booked Ty Conti versus Santana Guerra <laughs> as a head-to-head match. <laughs> I mean, he's popping himself, but he's also building something. With yeah. that. They're, they're going to do this battle for the love of Adam Cole oh, with, with the Bucks Dude. and Undisputed Era and, and Steen. It's going to be We great. need to talk desperately about this, okay? So Tony Nese is all elite, and I love for Tony Nese. Um, Kalisto got booked. Bud Matt still waits. Um, the Undisputed Era, all but Roddy Strong being an AEW, is like, and I know it's no one's fault. I'm happy for Rod Strong, but that feels like a rib on me, Jeremy. I'm going to be honest with you. Feels like a direct, feels like a lot of this stuff's a rib on me, frankly. Very excited for him to sign everyone from the latest cuts other than Ember Moon to really seal the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Just dunking on me violently, but yeah, I, I'm excited for it. I love that deal. I think Jungle Boy and Bobby Fish will be pretty damn good, actually. Rampage is. You know, friends are excited for Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy, I guess. They'll probably rate well, though, won't it? They'll probably do, like, 15 million viewers. They're going to announce one more match for that, right? A women's match, because they don't have a women's match for that show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think 
it's really weird the way they're holding off Ruby and Chris. And I almost think they're going to like put them in a major spot on next week's Dynamite. I would say I think that's going to be next week's Dynamite. But do you not? Do you think there's a chance? I really think there's a chance that they like on the pay per view, on all out. They did this deal with before the last match. They were like, "This was coming on Wednesday," and they did a couple promos. I wouldn't be surprised if they were just like, you know what, Ruby and Chris are going to main event Dynamite on Wednesday. It wouldn't shock me, man. I I mean, I'm not saying I predict it necessarily, but it's interesting. They've given them like three vignettes now, or at least two. I know for for sure they've done two. So, yeah, that'll be fun. The buy-in match, you know. I wish the woman stuff had a little bit more, no, a little bit more kind of, a little bit more meat on the bone in terms of story. But like, that's that's the thing we talked about last night. It's kind of frustrating to me because they've made progress. But now, like, Brit stuff is missing for me. And it's like, man, that's strange. The match was it's, good. It's just there's no story there. I feel like they've taken the mic out of Brit's hands, which... It's just she cuts very short ones, so you don't even notice. That's what yeah. it actually is. Because remember when she got hurt, she would do those ones on, like, the ramp? Right. Where she had the crowd. She, like, almost exclusively does backstage. She's backstage stuff, exactly. Yeah, and they're kind of in a promo promotion, promo territory, sorry. They kind of go under the radar. Like, I would know because, you know, with Fleet Files, I rank the best promos. Yeah. And almost every week with British, like, it was fine. But, like, there's not <laughs> a lot, you know, there's not a lot of single teeth into unfortunately. Right. I mean, some of the material hasn't been great either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Elephant in the room that I was going to avoid. But, yeah, yeah you're right. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the women's match, I mean, it's the least anticipated match for me. Yeah. Um, mm, no, it's not. Oh, yeah. yeah true, true. <laughs> it's the audience. Generally, it's the least, yes, because yeah. they're into the inner circle thing. Like, crowds yeah. love that shit, so whatever. They do. They, they really do. Yeah, the women's match. But, I mean, Tony paid for the NWA, so it's okay if he's not given full build to this women's Fucking title match. Owned. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash Fightful. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. 
When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. <laughs> uh, the, the inner circle against the men of the year and American top team. We like a lot of these performers. We, we don't like this. Uh, it needs to this end, year. yeah. I said it. I thought last night's segment was good um, because they didn't, you know, they say they didn't do an in-ring promo and him powerbombing Jericho was objectively funny. It was fine. Look, man, it's the thing with this, the only thing I'll say is this. Everyone knows Russ Dan because we've talked about it enough. He's been running for like two months now. I don't like it very much. Be careful though in using your only line of defense being like the crowd's into it. Yeah. Because Jeremy Lambert. You and I have reviewed some shit that the crowd was into on the other channel. We did not like it very much, you know? Now, you haven't done that. I haven't done that. I think there is an argument this match will actually be fucking hilarious. I'm going to be honest with you. I could see it being very, very outlandish and kind of stadium stampede-ish. And I don't hate the angle. I think it's a waste of those involved. Some of the content is really bottom tier. Um, do I think it's the terrible, most terrible worst thing I've ever seen? No, no, Frank, no, I don't. But I'm looking forward to it being over. That's, that's the actual most honest opinion I give. I'm looking forward to the guys I enjoy moving on. And, you know, someone in the chat mentioned the TNT title. I'm looking forward to that moving on, to be quite honest with you. So there you go. So we, we kind of touched on it last night is where Sammy Guevara got the TNT title and he, he did a couple of defenses and it looked like he was I mean, coming out of double or nothing. He was kind of the breakout guy coming out of that show. And it looked like he was going to be on for a big singles run, getting got the title. And then he gets put back in with this inner circle stuff. And yeah, you just kind of forget Sammy is the TNT champion. And I think yeah. that's been disappointing. They're also doing, you know, this is a street fight. And then I got the falls count anywhere match. I imagine this match will be more smoke and mirrors than super click and you do? Christian, <laughs> Christian Jurassic express. Uh, yeah. This will be much more. Do you think they, I think they fight at mall of America. I don't know. I just I just want to be clear because I don't want you to give a take here that you don't understand. By are you suggesting the match of Andre Arlovsky, Virginia DeSantos, and Dan Lambert is going to have slightly a few more smoke and mirrors? Slightly. I mean, they got to protect. They got to protect Christian a little bit. Like I don't know if he can fully go. <laughs> he ain't Dan Lambert, brother. <laughs> they can. They got to do a little bit of smoke and mirrors with Christian in there. No, you're wrong with you. I, I hope they take the kind of comedy approach. I know there's some people would be mad because it's a blood feud, but like, who could possibly really take is it seriously? Is this a blood feud? I mean, I guess it is with the stuff they've been to saying. To you and I know, because we roll our eyes at it, but like, there is a chance that Jericho's taking it very seriously, and he's like, this is going to be... Oh, there's a 100% you know. chance that Jericho's taking this seriously. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it being over. <laughs> What's my take? Do you think it's going to be over this Saturday, though? Yeah, I do. Well, no, I think... I said last night, I think Scorpio is getting the TNT title. So I think yes. that'll be the that'll be the men of the years out, so to speak. But I think as far as Dan Lambert, my hope is this is the end. I don't know, but you know. <laughs> I hope. I'm just being Have I thought Arthur Ash was gonna be it. I thought Arthur Ash was gonna I be it. So too. Yeah. Have you heard the story about uh, Tony Khan's friendship with Dan Lambert, how they met and how I would Dan rather Lambert's not hear that. big yeah. wrestling fan? <laughs> I'll be honest here, I don't know a lot about Dan Lambert, and I think my enjoyment of him is that it's higher. The more I knew about him, I think it would probably diminish, so I'm going to just leave it at that and move on. <laughs> what else we got to talk about, Jeremy? Uh, the tag team title match, what I, I believe you believe is going to be the 
match of the night, Lucha Bros against FTR. It's going to be really good. It's going to be really, really fucking good. Yep, need about 20 to 25 for this one. Um, the I phrase I used... Sorry to hear that. The phrase I used before was NXT TakeOver Revival. My only concern now is that, that poor Dex is okay after last night's match because he was That's getting... Just, he was getting... Beat up, man. That was brutal, that match. Really violent. Um, FTR, are, they've never felt more at home in AEW than they have this last couple months. I would say from the, personally, I would say from the Arthur Ashe match with Sting and Darby forward, they've been fabulous. The, the, the stuff they're doing on these YouTube shows, Jeremy, incredibly good. Um, Dax Harwood is the best TV champion that will never be TV champion in wrestling. Cash Wheel is damn good too. They're a great team. I'm really intrigued about the result. As I said to you the other day, I think there's a, I do think there's a chance to win the belts, but I, I'm going with Lucha Bros in a, in a classic. I, I listen, I put my neck on the line. I think they're the second and third best tag teams in the world in ring belt to bell in terms of their body of work, plus their ability. So there's no reason this shouldn't be great. Even though I didn't love their match on dynamite last year, I actually remember being frustrated by it. Um, why is Robert O'Neill in the chat, Jeremy? <laughs> I was going to put that on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Coward. Uh, yeah, I agree with them, though. They're like, anyone that said those guys were washed when they left WWE, what an absolute fucking buffoon you turned out, but you know? <laughs> I love I love their YouTube matches because, like, they're great, but they just do shit to, like, pop themselves yeah, and everything, yeah. and, like, that's what makes them even better. They, they play around with, like, the formula. Like, yeah, exactly. That week when they showed up, and I forget the – the young man's the big Samoan kid who looks yeah. incredible. And you could tell that they just was like, oh, this could be fun. So what we're going to do is we're going to work a match where we can't do anything to him, but his partner is like, we can beat him in a second. Yeah. So they built to the little guy making the hot tag. He comes in, shatter machine, big rig, and they go home. It's great. They do a lot of stuff like that. You know, the one they did with um, Waving Curls? Yeah. Where they built to a hot tag that didn't exist because they just played dead and then <laughs> pinned them. It's just great. Like, I love stuff like that, man. And that's, that's what those shows are all about, is letting great pro wrestlers just have fun as being great pro wrestlers. FTR, um, appreciate and enjoy FTR while you can. They're a, they're a special team. Now, we've had our opinions on Young Bucks. I ain't getting into that whole thing again. They're all great. But, like, these are, these are some of the greatest teams ever. I really believe that. So, enjoy the ride, brothers. It's going to be fun. I think... I'm at 45% now on FTR winning. Like I, I was at about 40 last night. It's increased. I could really see it. And I'm obviously not mad at it. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be an excellent match. I do I do worry about how much Penta is going to like sell and everything. And yeah. there is there is a big styles clash in there this is. match. Um and their their last matches were good. But nothing that made me believe this is going to be a match of the year contender this year. So that's why I'm not. I don't think I'm as high on it as you are. No, you could be right on that. I I remember about you know 14 months ago, us sitting here and I said very similar things about Hangman and Kenny versus FTR, and that yeah. match was cool. It was a good match. It was a little long and it struggled with that crowd. So there were circumstances against them. So I've been wrong before. You know, guns to my head, I'm always going to just predict the FTR guys are going to kill it. Same with Lucha Bros, but I'm pretty confident in this. I think Lucha Bros have been really especially great as a team since they reunited in, what, June or July, whenever that was. So, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. That's actually the match that, you know, 
I don't want to say most is like that's silly. There's too many to say that. But like I as I said, I think it'll be the best match tonight in ring, personally. Maybe a hot take, but that's where I'm at. Uh Cody Rhodes and Pack <clears throat> against Andrade and Malachi. This is a match that you said go like eight to ten minutes. Yeah. Pretty much moves. Cody gets the victory. All there. <laughs> it's fine. I you know, I, I think this I think it's definitely something interesting to this dynamic with Malachi being friends with all these guys. It's kind of weird and it feels like saying that he would shoot down. So him not shooting it down is encouraging to me because it means he has some sort of story, you know, um, explanation and, and lore and such. But the match will be good. I mean, it's four great pro wrestlers. Well, no, I'm not even going to do the Cody joke. Cody's great, oh, man. I dude, Cody rolls. When he came yeah. through the crowd last night, well, everybody was on. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. An arm was behind him. What were they doing in the quarter? I don't know, man. But it, popped <laughs> me. it popped me that they did the lighters out just for them to be standing with FTR. It's like... Yeah. I don't know, Andrade a, has the magic powers now, too. Right, like, that's a weird one, because what happened to the pinnacle? That's they, a thing, though. That's a thing. Yeah, I that's, get it's a thing. And that's but... why FTR winning the belts is a real deal. Like, I could see a world in which they win those belts, or something happens on Saturday, and MJF comes in for, like, the big victory lap, and they're like, <laughs> we spent six months just being, like, your bodyguards. Since we hooked up with, with Andrade, we've been winning, doing nothing but winning. Yeah, I mean the same too. That man, do you remember the segment they did on Rampage about a week or so ago when MJF took the cart, he took the money, and like was like yeah, pinnacle for life, it. and they yeah. were like, <laughs> I mean, there's something to that. Now, whether Obviously you like that faction, yeah, whether you like the faction of Malachi, Black, Andrade, and FTR, <laughs> I don't fucking know. sure, I'm with it. But. It's the uh, the Paul faction, the Triple Paul faction. Right so, <laughs> so if it's a rib, I'm with it. You know, that's the way it goes. The rules. Uh, speaking of MJF, we get him and uh, Darby Allen. I'm like the some most of the feud, most of the stuff has been like fine. I could live with a lot of stuff MJF live without a lot of stuff that MJF says. I like Darby. I, I think he's very good. This is another like kind of styles clash match for me that I just don't know how this is gonna mm. how this is gonna look. Pretty bullish on this one, Jeremy. I must say, I think MJF has been really good in this feud. Um, I don't disagree with you. I think there's times where he kind of gets this little bit try-hard. But generally, I think he's done a really good job of, I don't want to say carrying the feud, because that makes it seem like Darby's doing less than he should. It's more a case of, with their skill sets, MJF has to lead the dance program-wise, right? Yeah. He just does. That's the way he is. Darby's been great in everything he's been asked to do. But I think he's done a great job of that. This week, obviously, it was hurt a little bit by they didn't have an angle, which I don't think was a mistake. It just it makes it kind of fall to the back of your mind. Um, to finish this one, Man, you talk about one that's hard to predict. Like, both of these dudes lost on the last pay-per-view to older guys. And there's nothing wrong with it, but they did. You could believably do the finish where Darby sticks to his instincts, sticks to his guns. Like, you know what? I have you beat, but I'm going to try and do some crazy shit. And he loses kind of going out on his sword, right? Like a Vondelay Silver being caught in an exchange, Jeremy, you know, back in the olden days. Or, alternatively, you can do a deal where MJF expects him to do that and Darby just pins him, catches him with a roll-up or a pinning combination or something and out-wrestles him. Either way, I think there's a great story to tell there. Um, I think the, the actual feud will probably end with like Sting and Darby versus MJF and Spears or Wardlow would be my guess. Um, think, hmm? Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I just, I just was going to say, so that makes me think MJF's going to win here and Sting and, and Darby will get their win there. That was my kind of idea. Yeah, that, that's where I was going as well is – Darby does do some dumb shit that eventually costs them in this yeah. match. MJF wins. You do MJF and Wardlow against Sting and Darby. 
that's when Sting and Darby wins. That's when you potentially do the Wardlow-MJF split as well. There you go. Yeah, there's a lot to, you know, there's a lot going on with that Wardlow thing. They've been building that for a long, long time. Yeah. And not even in a bad way. Like, I think Wardlow's always great when they ask him to do those things. Like, they're hard to pull off in a way that doesn't kill your aura. He does a great job with that. But um, I'm more, I'm kind of, I think I expect more from the match than you do, but I get your concerns. Um, I think I'll be fine. Both guys are both guys are good. It just there's a little bit of style match. clash yeah. there that I, I I'm just a little bit worried about. That's fair. No, I get it. it's one of those ones that doesn't immediately click. Where it's like I know exactly what that will look like. I understand that, but I think they, I think they're going to do a really good job. I think placement will be important for this one. Uh, Bayern, Nyla, and Jamie, Kinshida, and Thunder Rosa. Sure, will be good. I don't. I mean, it's I'm not going to sit here and pretend it has any real. <laughs> Like it's a thing that's happening and it'll be a good match. And I'm glad those women are on the on the show because they deserve to be. But like, you know, it is what it is. It's just a match for the sake of a match, unfortunately. So that's be good though. That's full that's full gear, everybody. Should be a great show on Saturday. I mean, I know we look listen. I know we talked about the mad King Eddie Kingston versus the cold personality, the straight edge superstar CM Punk last night, but you're not going to do that to me, Jeremy. He run like you see him running last night. <laughs> yeah, I saw him running. <laughs> Can you put that on the screen? Is there any way we could do that? There's no way, right? It's a gift. Uh, you know what? Hold on. Okay, you do that. I'm going to just talk about this. For... All right, guys. I went pretty deep on this deal last night. So, I, in all fairness, Jeremy, I don't have a lot to add. I think it's an interesting conversation about the finish because Eddie Kingston, just every pay per view, convinces everyone he's going to win these matches. Pops me <laughs> tremendously. <laughs> I just would like to reiterate that here you have two of the greatest promo guys in professional wrestling history, two guys with a rich history that have never shared a singles match, two guys that have parallels but complete contrast, that have completely different personalities, that are completely at odds of each other in every which way, dude that wears his heart on his sleeve and is aggressive and completely outwardly flawed, and the guy that has kind of the, the complex of thinking he's always got the answer to everything, and it's just fucking perfect, man. This can't end at full gear, can it? Let's be honest, Jeremy. It would be, it would be promotional malpractice to never go back to this dynamic. There's money on the table here. You got to let this thing. Whatever your finish is on Saturday, I don't mind. I don't care. I'm just saying you need to leave it where there's more story to tell. There's too much promo content that hasn't been touched yet. These dudes are just getting started, bro. But this is gonna be, this is gonna be something fun. Now, where are you at on the match for this? Because I've seen some takes, Jeremy Lambert. Now, here's where I'm at. To be clear, like I think. Punk hasn't missed since he came back. He's had good matches. He may not have had like the classic, but I've really liked Punk's matches since he came back. I see no reason that him and King shouldn't have a really damn good match. I don't, but there's some people that are saying it's going to be bad because, you know, narratives and discourse and all that stuff. I don't know. Where are you at on it? How confident are you in the in ring? I don't know why it would be bad. Right? I agree. Because, yeah. like, <laughs> I kind of want to give that. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, if, if nothing else, like they're just strong professional wrestlers and yeah. they, they know exactly what they're doing in there. They're not going to, they're not going to do anything like too, too crazy at, at the very minimum. They're not doing anything too crazy to reinvent the wheel and whatnot. So like, how is this going to be? That's where it is really interesting that he definitely still has this perception of like, and then the bell rang and it's like, yeah, I don't, I've never got it, but in AEW especially, it seems really wild to me. Like, am I the only one that's seeing the matches, dudes, having in AEW? 
Like, I look, I get Ryan Davidson have a great match with anyone, but like, let's not pretend that was some like carry job. That match was incredible. Yeah. Um, his work against Miro, as I said, was great. I, I don't think Eddie's let them down in a big spot once. I think it's more a case of the way that he wrestles and the way that he looks makes people assume he's like this. I think. I'll be honest with you, man, especially if they go on relatively early because I think the heat is going to be electric if they do. <laughs> that is incredible. That's so great. But I just I, – I completely agree with what you said there in the sense that because it's going to be so meat and potatoes and, like, raw ingredients and just, like, here is what it is, bare bones, I don't see any reason it won't be really good. It's just going to be two great pros selling and beating the shit out of each other. So yeah. they ain't going to be I, trying any elaborate sequences. You know, it's going to just be a damn – professional wrestling match brother i i don't think they're gonna do and they're not gonna reinvent the wheel or anything i don't think they're gonna go too far outside of any type of comfort zone here but there's yeah. nothing wrong with that because they're both just damn good professional wrestlers so it's gonna be like a lot of people saying it's gonna be like an all japan fight it's just gonna be a brawl yeah they're just gonna kick the shit out of each other now what's the finish jeremy <sighs> this is where a lot of people seem seem to be torn because a lot of people think that that kingston should win like he needs this win punk's got to lose it sometime and others are like well and i I, i'm still leaning on punk because the story of eddie is just like he just doesn't win these matches and that's okay like like i've said two and five in singles match on tv and pay-per-view since last year's full gear no one gives a shit and they're all still hyped for his matches because he makes you feel something when he talks and he's competitive in all these matches, it's not like he looks like an idiot in all these matches. It's not like he's on television every week looking like an idiot. So he can lose and be fine. That's still where I am at. There's been a lot of support for Eddie though. And I know there are ways you can go with it where Eddie wins and then you can start that CM Punk heel right. turn that we're all clamoring for. It's really interesting. As I said last night, it's a credit to King because if you'd have told us two weeks ago this is where we'd be at, you'd have been insane, right? Well, King's going to be Punk's first loss, good one. But I will say that while I think Punk will, and in in my deep, if I'm being honest with myself, probably should win because Punk is a big-time star and he's just got there, you know? I think we can all agree that in terms of the actual story, the more interesting route is Punk losing. Now, that doesn't mean he should necessarily. The story can simply be that King, you know, Punk had this truth to what Punk said, and King is going to, he's going to, at the end of the day, he'll let himself down. He'll lose the match. And he, you know, he kind of loses his way again. And there's a story there that you can tell, and it'll be fine because Eddie Kingston's one of the great talkers in pro wrestling history. He'll be fine. But I do think we all need, you know, we have to be honest to ourselves and saying there's nothing wrong with collectively agreeing that, like, it's way more interesting if Eddie wins. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. mean, again, that doesn't mean he should. But, like, for example, a story where Kingston beats Punk and Punk does this kind of, like, he kind of pretends that he's cool with it, but he like, has an excuse for all turns, you know? Like he's, like, he's like, you know, congratulations, Eddie Kingston, but this, that, and the next thing. And people are kind of like, that's kind of bullshit, right? Like, I, I like the element of Punk where... I really like the element of punk where like the audience loves him, but he has this way where he says stuff where they're like, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, like he, you know, he, that promo he cut on on the uh, rampage last week was great. But like when he did the thing where he goes, you know, you let yourself down to Eddie and it's like, 
there is objectively, like Kingston would agree, there is truth to that. Like Eddie was his own worst enemy. But the audience doesn't want to hear that. They're like, no, fuck yeah. you, man. <laughs> leave, leave King alone. So there's this great dynamic where like neither of them, they're both very flawed. And you know me, Jeremy, I hate shades of grey. This is, an, this is an exception. These two are two of the great tall because you can let them do what they want to do. But like this dynamic where you have like King is objectively like a flawed person and he's a dude that <laughs> like he basically made this thing happen by just getting really angry at losing a match to Brian Danielson. But the audience is with him because they're kind of like, even still though, you don't need to come out and like beg the guy for an apology. You know, it's not that, it's not that deep, Phil. So there's so much here in terms of content and like they, they're not about to get it all in without blowing it before Saturday. So they, they just, whatever happens, I need to see more. And that could come next summer. That could come in two years, whatever it is. This is a feud that's special. You don't like, you need to be aware of that because look at the hype they've created Jeremy Lambert in two segments, three segments. If you count last night, which wasn't even real, it was just a thing. It's, it's damn special, man. Who'd have thought we'd be here, Jeremy? Who'd have thought it? Punk can still go heel with a victory, though, if you basically do the I told you so type yes. deal. Because yeah. the, the crowd doesn't want to hear that either. They're like, okay, you oh, yeah, won. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Like, they don't want – they love Eddie. Man. They yeah. do not want anybody burying him or, or speaking ill on Eddie Kingston. So I, I think somebody in the chat said it last night that, like, you – almost double turn. I don't even know if it is a double turn because Eddie is a baby face, <laughs> yeah. but like you almost just turn heel, turn punk heel in this match just by doing this yes. match, depending on how you're going to lay it out and the follow-up to it, because the layout is obviously very important. And I think that they're going to have a good layout for it. The follow-up is where is how you're establishing punk on which side you're putting him on. Exactly. Win or lose, whatever his first promo after that winner loss is, that'll be okay this guy's still happy-go-lucky phil or that'll be all right there's some bitterness and some bite to him now yeah it's really interesting i'm glad you you pulled me out on that because to be clear when i say that punk losing is more interesting i'm wrong for that you're right what i mean is punk being the kind of moral loser where he has to take a shortcut he has to do something that isn't babyface is the most interesting right like the idea that kingston doesn't just lose flat is what, is what I'm referring to. You're correct. But um, there's a lot of play here. There's a little bit of Brett and Austin, right? A little bit of that where it's like, Punk's kind of, what the fuck did I do wrong? You know? But <laughs> I am i can't wait. Dude. I, I'm so excited for this thing. What a card. Seriously. like we, we, We're all scared of being hyperbolic and we all want to come on and be like, well, it's not perfect. And it isn't. It's professional wrestling promotion. But holy shit, Jeremy. When we started this pod, I was like, you know, A-Dub seems cool at all, but, like, talent-wise, I didn't think it compared. Look at this lineup. <laughs> it's not even been two years doing this dumb podcast. It's incredible. Uh, Hugh Janis says, All Out will be remembered as a more important show historically, but the card for this show is much better, in my opinion. Uh, Drew Nicholas was on the show with us yesterday. Go to YouTube.com slash Fightful Distraction. Drew was there. We talked a lot more AEW, some WWE stuff as well. Drew says, I love the I love how the elites are wrestling on the show and we don't see it as the top match. This shows you how much they are dedicated to doing great stuff with what they have. It's not just about the the same couple of faces on TV every week. And Vance Winblade says, put the TNT title on Dante. They'll get they'll get there eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. This is we we talked about this like might have been on a late night grin show. Uh where like 
they've got like their pillars now, which is essentially the elite guys and, and yeah. young man, Cody Moxley, those guys, they've got their, their four pillars that they've openly talked about on television. Mm-hmm. And then they've got like the four pillars below that, who I think we agreed was Lee Dante Garcia. Yeah. And who was, we was on Lee Johnson. We had the we had we had uh, was there. We had a couple guys. We were kind yeah, of yeah. I think, think Yuta was like the the quote the fourth of there. Yeah, Lee Johnson is there and like almost a peripheral. Like Ricky is a peripheral to the four yeah. that they mentioned on TV. I think Yuta was was the actual fourth. But like yeah, Dante is like, and this just speaks to the depth of this roster. It's like they actually have four guys right now who are still young and, and everything, and like could. I mean, one is the TNT champion. The others are always involved in major stuff. And they have four guys below them that are still major factors on television that, that will be elevated at some yeah. point. Like, the depth is just... It's never been like this, brother. I'm telling you, like, people can get mad, but it's the truth. This is a roster of over 100 people, and a lot of them matter. And a lot of them yeah. are given time on the A-show. When we sometimes joke, and I think it's a fair thing that, like, not all of the guys get enough wins on TV, but they're often present on TV. How many guys of any kind of relevance who we, do we not see on Dynamite, you know, ever? Like, it's very, very rare. Very rare. Um, again, with the women, sometimes they could do a better job. But they've even got better at, like, keeping those, you know, with pre-tapes and with doing stuff. They This, the level of rotation they do with that roster honestly deserves more credit because it is actually kind of like groundbreaking is strong but like i have no comparison for it it's like 2016 2017 wwe not having the brand split after they did all those call-ups and all the great nxt guys coming through which they could have done but they didn't and i got why that's a headache but tony khan's living with that headache um good luck to him <laughs> the next five years he's got Buki, yeah. you know putting all the putting all the numbers in and everything seriously like we you know we joke about tw a lot you and i are, are great big wrestling nerds like, at some point, if you have some spare time and you want to have some fun thinking about the professional wrestling, just kick around some fantasy booking scenarios of AEW, okay? Book in your head a few angles you'd like to see. And then I want you to pull up their roster page <laughs> and look at how many people you didn't even think about. Because when I, I do this sometimes just to, like, I'll forget about guys like Miro. I'll forget yeah. about guys like Malachi. And it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. They're all protected. It's, it's truly pretty staggering how well they do it it really is something and guys might lose on television again eddie kingston perfect example yeah. doesn't win these big singles matches still very over these younger guys like lee's gonna eat his fair share of losses on television dante has eaten his fair share of losses on mm-hmm. television garcia eats his fair share of losses they're losing to to big names and wins and losses matter in AEW everything but if you're just on tv spotlighted and you're having good performances and you just don't go out there and look like a complete moron like people are still going to care as long as you don't look stupid every week like on the other channel people are going to (laughs) continue to care about this stuff you're right about that the AEW tnt i started in AEW one and i was like trying to piece together oh what feuds do i want to do and then i realized like fuck i didn't even use like christian I didn't even use crazy. like yeah. a lot of these guys. Miro, Miro was uh, not a guy that, that I had. Initially. Andrade was one. I was like, oh, fuck, I have Andrade? What am I going to do with him? Yeah. And and what's so interesting about it is, it's like King is a really great example because the reason you said about the wins and losses, but also, like, what was Eddie Kingston doing in, like, you know, 
July, August. Like he was just kind of floating around, right? He was doing dark elevation commentary to pop me. And, you know, he was just floating around. And he's like, in two segments, he feels like the hottest guy in the promotion. Yeah. Because of the reason you just said. So, like, what you actually have, and this is really unique, and it's going to be something we all have to adjust to its fans, is like, there aren't many guys that they're going to be able to truly fulfill the potential of. And what I mean by that is max them out. Because when you max someone out, it basically means the necessity is such that you have to push this guy through. You, you have no choice. AEW is in a position where rather than that, they're going to try and get 80% out of everyone. And the show will be better for it because no one will be overexposed. Now, you could argue some are overexposed. That's fine. That's a conversation for another day. But I think that is something that's really kind of... The idea that a hangman page will get his big arc, but there's going to be a lot of grand stories that get left on the table because they can't be told in AEW. That doesn't mean they can't use the talent, though. You're just going to have to use them differently. So there's, um, frankly, there's a lot of adjusting on the fans' part of, like, I just don't think, I'll be honest with you, Dream, I think a lot of people that watch the show still don't get how deep it is. I don't think they realise that AEW can afford to have Dax Harwood wrestle two singles matches in a year because they don't need any more than that from him. A normal professional wrestling person would have that dude wrestling singles matches once a month <laughs> because they would need to, you know, like, it's, it's wild. The shit they can achieve with that roster is like, it's quite frightening, to be honest with you. I mean, when we were talking about Dynamite and you were mentioning all the matches, they didn't have MJF and Darby. They did, they did the video package for them last night. Like, mm-hmm. there really wasn't, they did the big go home angle, but a lot of the, the, the build for these matches were just, yeah. hey, here's a pre tape, here's a backstage segment. That's it. Like, they didn't need to just throw all these guys out there and, like, hit you over the head. And this has been. This has been another complaint of mine when it comes to AEW. It's like, oh, it's go-home show week. Let's do the big closing brawl with 20 yeah. different people in it because that's what they like to do. Like, outside of the the inner circle stuff and then the, the the main event segment, it was just a lot of, hey, here's here's guys that – like Danielson and Miro, they're going to wrestle. Miro did a pre-tape. Danielson just did an off-match. Yeah. They don't have to hit you over the head with this kind of stuff, and they can right. afford to just – Here's Leo Rush teaming with Tate Martin against Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel. Like, yeah, they're getting better at it, man. Uh, yeah. In the time, just in the last year, they've got better at these builds and like they're figuring stuff out as they go, which is exciting as a fan. I think, like, you know, Dave mentioned in the chat, and this is the perfect example before we bring Bob on. But obviously, all of us, you know, Mox, that's our dude. We love John Moxley. Wish him nothing but the best. That's the man right there. But yes. It speaks such volumes that he pulls out that tournament to do much more important things. And they're like, yeah, we'll just put Miro in. It's like, brother, Miro might be the best heel in professional wrestling. <laughs> like, that's a level of depth that's just spectacular. The thing is, they could have slotted – Miro obviously made the most sense. But, like, yeah. beforehand, like Malachi didn't have a match on the card. Yes. Andrade didn't have a match yeah. on the card. You could have easily just slotted him in there mm-hmm. and been like, oh, yeah, this – this makes sense. These guys have been winning. It, it, it works. Like, yeah, there's, it's kind of unfair. It is. It's not like, not. It, yeah. it is, it is unfair because it should be. Yeah. But it's not because, you know, the, the other company has, has done these things and this is what they've ended up with. So. Yeah. There are people that will honestly do the comparison about holding talent. And it's like, brother, you do not watch their show if you think that. Cause they get, they get something out of just about everyone. Yeah, and look, we we don't need to speculate, but there's going to be more guys added in the next few months. Um, I mean, we you know, did enough yeah. of that earlier, right? Exactly. Steen are coming in, so yeah, there's well, you know, there's some people coming in, and it's like the rich get richer, I guess. And and again, 
Good, for, they deserve it because they're doing the right thing by these talent on TV. So you can't knock it. Here he comes. History pilot. Robert O'Neill is here. Hello, Robert O'Neill. What's up, guys? How's it going? Good. Sorry, we you've been hanging out backstage for the last eleven minutes doing your your pregame stretches. I saw hmm. making sure you stay hydrated. Yeah, yeah. He did make his wait. To be fair, he nearly nearly cancelled the show because he of did. You were you were very late to get on the show uh, for the uh, for the cold open. Yeah. Well, you know, it worked out. Did it? You did a very good job. Wait, did Bob just respond to allegations that he was late by saying, "Well, it worked out." <laughs> I was late, though. That is correct. I thought I had yes. more time than I did. O'Neal, do you, do you know what you're doing today? Yeah, I got a couple things to talk about. All right. Very scared. You ready? Yeah. History pilot! Yeah, so I think we're going to start off with the uh, NBA Eastern Conference leading Chicago Bulls. You know, uh, <laughs> I came on this show before the season. And I said, you know, maybe they'll miss the play-in. I think they're top four good now. I think they're going to get a top four seed in the East. And, uh, you know, big thing is, like, who's going to play defense? Alex Caruso. Just defensive marvel. Gets, like, five steals a game now. Um, you know, they have the depth is taking a little bit of a hit because Patrick Williams is done for the year and uh, Nikola Vucevic got COVID from Joel Embiid. So that's not a deal. But, um, yeah, they've been good, man. They've been fun to watch. It's nice to uh, have a team that I enjoy that uh, is actually good and doesn't disappoint me on a regular basis. Um, Jeremy, just real quick, are you wearing a Greg Olson jersey? No, this is a, a custom Lambert. Oh, yeah. You said that the other day. You have, yeah, that for your team. That's yeah. cool. Okay. I have, a, I, have a, I have a game to play with you, Bob O'Neill. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know if I'll buy that top four thing. I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, I think the Nets are going to figure it out, but James Harden looks bad, and I don't think they're going to have Kyrie at any point. So... If the Chicago Bulls get a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. I will do the corner three that week, and you will once again host the show. Deal. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, 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 hang on. That's not fair. That's wrong. I will, Jeremy Lambert can do the corner three, and I will have to host the show with Bob O'Neill. Is that better? No, that's, that seems more fair. I don't want to put the, the omen on Jeremy. That's fine. You, Bob? Yeah. yeah, that's fair. What happens if they don't get a top four seed? Bob's just off the show. The corner three is cancelled for that week. I'm looking at it. Look, the Bucks are not going to be 500. No, they're going to be fine. They're going to improve. Um, you know, the Sixers will. I don't. They'll be fine. Um, but it's the Nets that I just don't see anything with. Uh, you know, Durant's good, but Harden. Uh, since they changed the rule, where Durant's you can, good. Yeah, well, I obviously. <laughs> Dude, who just feeling. came on here and got fired up by Alex Cruz. So says, "Yeah, Kevin Durant's all right. He's fine." Kevin Durant. I love Kevin Durant, but. Yeah, since they changed the rule where you can't initiate the contact, Harden's look bad, um, you know, and the the Sixers, like I said, will figure it out, and then that leaves a spot for the Bulls. I don't think I'm forgetting any like East powerhouse, right? So Miami Heat. Oh yeah, they'll be up there too. That's why. That's my thing. I think the Bulls can get the four, but I think they're gonna yeah, close. play it's in, close. and that's I, what I was kind of looking for all year. And uh, you know, Lonzo's good. The Lakers probably should have taught him to shoot at some point. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's been fun, man. And that's all I'm looking for. You know, the big finals preview against the Warriors yep. tomorrow night. Um, <laughs> and uh, get the Lakers, get the Clippers coming up. So, yeah, Chicago Bulls. Catch In all seriousness, I actually think, like, that top four thing is like, a real thing. Like, I could see it either way. 
They're, they're better than I thought they'd be. That's what I said. History Can you bring Bob back, please? Nah, he'll be on the post show. Okay, good. That's a good idea. Um, I think I don't know. Oh, Neil, I don't not, if you, not if you're gonna be on the post show. Yeah, I'm now intrigued. <laughs> if, I'm now intrigued if you like, if you want the Bulls to be top four or not. To see me have to host the show, Bob O'Neill. I truthfully like. I don't care either way. Yeah. Like, if you have to host the show with O'Neill, great. I'll do the corner three. And if uh, things continue and O'Neill just the corner three gets pulled and we find a special replacement for him, then fine. Like I'm, I'm fine with it either way. God, that'd be incredible because you'd be like executive producer. Like I would do it as oh, such yeah. that you're still starting and ending the stream. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> dude, I didn't do that last week for the Evolution show. And yeah. A lot of behind the scenes drama going on. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Top four? That's interesting. I'm so I'm with you on on the Bucks. I, they're definitely top top four. Uh, the Sixers they they're still looking good even without Simmons and Simmons yeah. returns or whatever the return is for Simmons. Imagine that'll be good. Miami, I I still like Miami overall. I think. Butler missed part of last night's game. I don't know if he got injured or what happened there, but I know he only played like 12 minutes. And then, so that's a little concerning if they don't have him, but it could Mm -hmm. just be, it might just be something that I don't know is going on. Um, The Nets, Harden will figure it out. I'm laughing at how much, like, He's kind of struggling. He's been playing better as of late, but I am yeah. laughing that like the rule change is affecting like yeah, Kevin Willard so much. Like it's it's tremendous for me that, that this is happening. Uh, it's close. I don't I don't necessarily trust a Billy Donovan led team either. See, like, this that's is the thing. My other thing. I think we all agree, and if Bob's been honest with us, he would too. That like as a playoff contender, <clears throat> you t- I'm taking the heat every time for that team. Yeah, but. The seeding, that's different things. Like, I think he's, right. I think he's got a real shot at them being a top four. The, yeah, like, know. the Knicks aren't bad this year. Like, they Factual. could get there. I feel like Atlanta's got a move to make that kind of – Trey's another guy who's, like, kind of struggling with the rule changes. I feel like they've got a move to make that might catapult them. Yeah, they're interesting. I didn't even think of them, man. Yeah. They it's haunted me tough. last year. Yeah. It's going to be tough. It'll be interesting. There's a lot of good teams, actually. The more you talk about it, like, it's, it's – yeah, Bob was very bullish there. He could have made a fool of himself. We'll see. I'll, I'll do the corner three. I'll talk about the great Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy. <laughs> just Woody pre-booking this, a segment that will air in April. You're just like, I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> there you go. For a team that's definitely not making the playoffs. Just God bless. Praise man. them. <laughs> Season review for the OKC. <laughs> All right, everybody, we are going to head over to youtube.com slash Fightful Distraction for the post show. We'll continue to talk about the NBA. I will talk about, since people asked about my, my jersey, I'll talk about Cam Newton's return to the Panthers. Joseph's very fired up about that, I know for sure. Um, and we'll, we'll keep talking uh, some wrestling, plenty of wrestling to talk about. O'Neal will be there. You never know who's going to run in on that show. Head over there, youtube.com slash Fightful Distraction. Joseph, plug stuff. LateNightGrin.com. For all your grins, um, you could sign up for just one dollar and tune in in about two hours, Jeremy, when we go live to book Texas Wrestling Federation. I'll be yeah, there as sort of a yeah, Jeremy, we're there too. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. Enjoy the weekend, enjoy AEW full gear at 8 p.m. Eastern time on BR Live or Fight TV internationally. Uh, tune into AEW Rampage at 10 p.m. Eastern time on TNT. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm a big fan. We're at a point now where I do that and you don't even react to me. You're just like, yeah, it's part of the plugs. Latenightgreen.com. That's the plug. There you go. Um, on this channel, youtube.com slash Fightful. Tomorrow, SmackDown show, post-SmackDown, post-AEW Rampage. Sean will be in Minnesota for Full Gear. SmackDown Rampage show will be hosted by TK Trinidad and Kate Hensler. Full Gear post show will be myself, Will Washington of Grapsody, and Alex Pulowski of Sour Graps and Post NXT. Grapsody at noon on Saturday. I believe it'll be Reg, Phil, and Andrew Thompson. Because Will has, has things to do in the afternoon. That's why he's going to be joining me for the... Andrew uh, Thompson is a piece of shit. <laughs> I'll say that about Andrew. Oh, um, I love him. He's so great. He's tremendous. So, everybody, plenty of content coming up over the, over the next couple of days. You can also go to twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. We'll be gaming tomorrow and Saturday. So, we got we have plenty of shit. All right? Plenty of shit. Everyone, take care. YouTube.com slash Fightful Distraction. We'll see you over there in just a couple minutes. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.